looking for the King of Podcasts, you're at the wrong channel. Looking for good ideas for life, you are far from good hands. If you think the listener is always right, you are far from the right place. Hosted by a Northeasterner by birth, a rebel by choice. If you want a host that floats between love and madness, then play on and listen to Crazy Train Radio. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Mmm, I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch is got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. Mm -mm Mmm-mm-mm. Don't mess with me, I'm one crazy mofo. This brand is truly exciting and so glad that they are starting to make a positive impact. Little Bean Soapery is a woman-owned small business based in Northeast Pennsylvania. Little Bean Soapery does so much as all products are handcrafted and offer many different things for both men and women. Soaps, scrubs, body butters, bath bombs, solid cologne and much more. Little Bean Soapery also does things for special occasions such as birthdays, Mother's Day, Father's Day and special seasonal gift day. But also let's not forget large orders for party favours by request. The great things about all products is that they are crafted to be nourishing on the skin. If you wish to check them out please feel free to visit littlebeansoapery.com. Any questions, please feel free to also email littlebeansoapery at gmail.com for custom inquiries and or ask anything else you wish. Tell them that Elena from Crazy Train Radio sends you. Hi, this is Richard Carney. You should be listening to Crazy Train Radio. your least favorite host in a podcast world, Croc. 
Jonathan Steele. And I'm Elena, your favorite host from the Emerald Isle. Boy, do we have a good one for you today. Well, yes, you hear the familiar theme song in the what they call bed for this next guest. But it's a good thing because if I remember this correctly, I should have double-checked. October 29th through the 31st. So Halloween weekend. This gentleman will be at Chiller Theater in Parsippany, New Jersey. Everybody knows him, loves him as Mr. Al Borland, Richard Karn. And I hear, before I uh, say welcome, this man also won a good sum of money from President Ford in a game of golf, but we'll get into that. Oh, Webble man, I didn't see your name on the sign-in sheet for the club tournament. I thought you'd be the man to beat this year. Guess you'll just have to keep beating yourself. How you doing, Richard? <laughs> I am doing well, thank you very much. How are you guys? No complaints on our end, you know, other than a little faux pas last week, but that's here and there. It, it happens. Are you okay? I know you had a, a little bit of an accident. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, just got to uh, get. We'll have to get that cleaned up, but we'll get that taken care of in the next couple of weeks. You know right. how you know how they are with the medical field, with everything, all the craziness going on. Well, that's why they call it practicing medicine. Uh, I won't tell my brother-in-law that, who happens to be in that field, but he'll be like <laughs> $400,000 down the tube just to practice. <laughs> hey, listen, I just went through surgery yesterday. Hey, well, how are you feeling? I'm feeling fine. I, I had uh, cataracts removed from my eye. Oh, boy. But that, hopefully that went well and you will be ready to go for chiller in a couple of weeks. That's absolutely true. I, uh, I was having trouble following the golf ball there for a while. <laughs> Is that so? I guess uh, you beat President Ford before the cataract issues, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. The, the President Ford was quite a while ago. That was like back in the 90s. I played with him at the Bob Hope. I, uh, I got invited to the Bob Hope. Uh, Chrysler Classic at the time, and my sister from Seattle calls up and goes, "Hey Rick, I hear you got you got invited to uh, to play with Bob Hope." And I go, "No, I'm not playing with Bob Hope. I'm playing in the Bob Hope Chrysler Classic." Well, it turns out I played with Bob Hope and Gerald Ford, and uh, we had four different pros that week. Uh, I started off with with Kenny Perry. The next day was Tom Kite. The next day was Arnold Palmer, and the last day was Fuzzy Zeller. So it was. It was a spectacular week of golf. And uh, I, I'll tell you, um, I never really wanted to collect on that bet with, uh, with President Ford. <laughs> well, I am a history nut and studied it in college or pretended to anyway. Yeah. Uh, so I found that fascinating that you got to play with a, one of only 46 men that had held that office. So did you have any interaction with him during that weekend? Oh, yeah. I mean, we were in the foursome together. We were walking down the fairways and he had his uh, his guys, you know, the, um, uh, Secret, the Service. Secret Service around, but they weren't they weren't crowding too much. And he had his son on his bag. So I got to meet his son. And about a week later, I get an I get a letter from Gerald Ford. And and the letter went, Dear Rich, uh, Betty and I would love to host you down here in the desert anytime you, you want to come by, you, you know, yada, yada, yada. And then like a few days later, I get another letter that says, Dear Rick, 
my secretary informs me you don't go by rich. I, you know, I mean, it's details like that that, uh, that that make people who they are. So did you take them up on the offer? I never did. I, I never did. Uh, I, for one thing, it just it felt uh, I, I, I didn't know how to uh, uh, deal with something that large. Uh, you know, so I put it off and I kept putting it off and then it was too long. Well, with that being said, and we'll get into other stuff there, but do you think you would approach it differently if it were today compared to in the 90s? Yeah, I think I would. I, I think I have enough you know, time under my belt to, to realize that that was not you know, just something that he throws out there um, casually. And I really think I would have enjoyed taking him up on that offer. Absolutely. And you mentioned it was the Bob Hope classic and such that you were playing in. And yeah. I know you play often in several different things or tournaments, I should say, such as, you know, the, I believe it's Russell Wilson's event that he does because you're a Seattle guy. Because I'm uh, from Seattle. Yes. I, in fact, I had my own event up uh, during the nineties and into the two thousands for about 18 years. I had my own event up in Seattle, but Russell's I've been going to for like the last 10 years. And that's, that's really special because it gets me back home. It gets me up there and, and I've gotten to know him and uh, you know, a lot of the other uh, guys that still live in Seattle. So uh, that was pretty cool. Well, speaking of that, and I know I'm doing a deep dive here. I would think the answer is obvious, but you never know with folks. Are you a major football fan and fan of the Seahawks since that's your hometown team? I am. I am a fan of the Seahawks. I also, I went to the university of Washington. So, you know, for better or worse, I'm with the Huskies, the university of Washington Huskies. They haven't had a great season so far this year, but I'm actually flying up to Seattle this weekend to uh, see a game against UCLA. Oh, nice. Yeah. So that, that should be fun. Are you going friends, family, friends, friends and family. Yeah. Oh, you know, nice. Whole shebang. And the a- president's box. I get to, I get to sit in the president's box. So that's nice. Yeah. So speaking of that, you went to college at university there. And did you, is that where you picked up theater work? I studied theater there. I I, I went through a very, very good program. It turned out to be, you know, maybe one of the top three in the country at that point um, when I was there. So I was very fortunate uh, to be a part of that. But I kind of picked up theater in high school. I I did uh, plays in my, uh, my high school, Roosevelt High School in Seattle, and uh, which led me to do summer theater and things like that. And then just con- kept continuing, you know, pursuing that, not really, not really realizing the, the, the full scope of what that meant uh, with a life. And, uh, you know, you make these decisions at 18, 19, 20 that uh, can affect the rest of your life. Well, speaking of that, could you have imagined starting out with theater and such and studying in school has led to where you are now? <laughs> I, I, I don't know how, how to comprehend where I am now uh, to my 18 year old brain. Um, my, you know, when I was starting out, I, I didn't really think of TV and film as something that I would be doing. I, I thought I would be doing theater. And I didn't know where that would lead, but I, I went to New York right after school. I was going to ask that. And I spent 11 years in Manhattan doing theater around the country and in town. And, 
And it wasn't until I moved to California that I got the television show. And I got the television show because of all the people that I met in New York that it just it ended up, um, you know, creating this kind of situation where I got this job. So in a sense, going to Chort and Parsippany is almost sort of like a homecoming for your young adulthood, would you say? Well, you know, I, I'll have the weekend in Persephone and then we'll go into town and I think we're going to see a couple of plays. OK, so I'm guessing the wife is going to travel with you to yes. the show. Nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and Debbie's also Debbie Dunning from, uh, uh, you know, the Tool Time Girl. Yes. And the one who took over for Pam Anderson, but we won't get into that, you know, that. Uh, but uh, like you said, chore. Debbie Dunning's going to be joining you. How often do you uh, see Debbie and Tim? And well, obviously you just recently did the history show with Tim last yeah. year, but how I often see, do you keep in touch with those guys? Quite often. I, I think Debbie and Tim are who I keep in touch with the most. I, I haven't seen much of the other cast uh, in quite a few years. So, I, and Tim, because we're doing, you know, we're doing the show for the history channel and we are starting up um, the second season I, I don't know what it's going to be called yet. I, uh, I threw a name out there and the history channel called me up and said, don't do that. So <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm, I'm standing back and saying that we are, we are going to uh, uh, on the 25th of October, we're going to start uh, filming the first episode of season two. Now, obviously last year there was this little wrench and still pockets of it, obviously of COVID, you know, big deal. So is, there going to be a difference in how you guys film now that we're this far ahead with everything. There's going to be a big difference. Uh, for for one thing, uh, it's not going to be a competition show anymore. And the wrench uh, thrown into the whole deal last year was the fact that that we had to do everything uh, via satellite, via um, uh, cameras and and video. So we never went and met the people who were competing. They all did it from their own homes, and we had cameramen there. And that relayed us back. So we never really got, you know, to be in the same room with everybody, which was, yeah, you know, it was very interesting because you got to see them work in their environment instead of bringing them to ours and, and them having to make do. But uh, this year is a little different. We're, 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 we're going to be more of a trio. You know, April uh, is going to be a more part of the show. And Tim and I and April, we're going to talk about um, a certain tool, the whole show. Now, when I say tool, it could be just it could be heat, you know, how, how you work with heat. It could be magnets. It could be blades, which are anything from uh, surgical blades to windmill blades. Uh, you know, so we're we're going to do a deep dive each week and do into uh, interesting topics. I like that in keeping a theme with uh, each episode. That sounds like a pretty cool concept. Do you know how many episodes you plan on uh, taping this year? Ten. Okay, so you're going to go with 10, yeah. which is a good thing. So obviously have brought up Tim and such, and you were involved in reuniting on screen before that with Last Man Standing. So what was the vibe with that show, Last Man Standing, compared to Home Improvement? Well, it's a, it's a totally different vibe, although there were a lot of the crew, Tim brought a lot of the crew with him to Last Man Standing. So the camera guys... 
um, that I knew for, for eight years on home improvement. A lot of them were there, hair, makeup, costume, um, a lot of the same folks, uh, which was really kind of, you know, a nice homecoming. And uh, I'll tell you, the, the, the crew, they said, you know, Tim really perks up when you're around. Yeah, you know, he's, he's like a whole kind of a different uh, guy this week because you're here and I, and I bring a different energy for Tim. Well, that's probably because of that uh, eight years of chemistry and such that you had previously. Yeah. But obviously you had to build that up because of uh, you guys didn't know each other, if I read that correctly. No, when, no. When you I first got first, hired. I met him first day of rehearsal. Now, obviously, I know this story's been told, but you were only supposed to do the first couple episodes of that series. I was only supposed to do the pilot. Really? Um, yeah, Stephen Topolowski was cast uh, uh, from Groundhog Day, you know, the guy that played the life insurance salesman. Yeah. He was cast to play that role. And even though I knew the producers, the creators, all three of them, Matt Williams, David McFadden, Carmen Finestra, you know, when I called, I, I think I called David. Did I call David or did I call Carmen? Oh, gosh. I, I, call, I think I called Carmen. And I said, hey, I hear you guys are under are, are doing a new show. And he goes, yeah, well, there's nothing in it for you. I'm sorry. We thought about you, but, you know, you're too much like Tim. And we needed somebody very different. There's a neighbor that's older. And we also we went older with uh, Tim's assistant, whose name is Glenn. And uh, but come in and audition anyways, because you can meet Deb Brilsky, Deborah Brilsky, our, our casting uh, director. And, and maybe uh, we'll bring you in for a guest star down the down the road. And I, I went in there and I auditioned. I made them laugh. I made them, you know, laugh at a scene they probably watched 500 times. And then Carmen gives me a call like a few weeks later. He goes, uh, do you still have that beard? And I had, the, I had a full beard because I was doing a Shakespeare play. I was doing the Scottish play, you know, in town. And which is all part of how, you know, I found out about the thing was that there's bad luck uh, considered doing the Scottish play. Shakespeare's Scottish play. And I, Why is I, that? Um, mainly be, uh, they think because there were witches and witch incantations written into the script. Hmm. So there's bad luck. And my bad luck was that I got a traffic ticket, went to traffic school and sat next to somebody who told me about the audition. So I turned, I turned that bad luck into really good luck. Yeah, I think it worked out for you on that one. Totally worked out. And yeah, you know, the serendipitousness of life, uh, you know, so many things could have gone differently. And I have no idea, you know, um, when I got home improvement, uh, Tootie, my wife and I were pregnant. Yeah, you know, with our first with with Cooper, and who was born the first season of home improvement. He's now 29 years old. And is the rumor true about him that Cooper has actually been dabbling it and acting as well? <laughs> yeah, he's he is he is trying to to do that. And oh my God, I now I know how my parents felt. I uh, I, I want to help. I, I try to help, but you know the the business is so different for uh, people now. The way the way I got into it was just you know do theater, do do whatever, just say yes to everything and do it. And now it's like you you know you can create your own shows online. You can have your own podcast. You can have your own um uh, tiktok uh, or, or whatever so you know he's he's working on it he's he's trying he's trying to find his own way but does he come to you and say hey dad what about this what do you think about this as things may happen 
he does it. He, 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 uh, you know, I'm, just, I'm the dad. So I, I know nothing. I, everything, <laughs> everything I created was by luck and it doesn't, it doesn't apply. But yet putting food on the table and paying the mortgage, couldn't figure out how you did that. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, that comes with age. And, you know, it's funny. My grandfather always told me, and it stuck with me, with age comes wisdom. And <laughs> sure. yeah. That hey. and, and uh, you know, uh, youth is wasted on the young. <laughs> and so you don't think about that stuff when you're like, like I said, I was maybe six, seven years old when he started saying that stuff. But now it, in my later 30s, I go, maybe he was on to something, you know, just. But. What do I know? Yeah, I'm still learning, but uh, we all do. With coming from a theater background, then going into TV, did you uh, find yourself ha- having to slow down or oh, change your performance? Uh, a lot. I was doing so much in those first episodes, and and uh, Matt came up to me and he goes, "Right, you don't need to get to, from A to Z. We're not doing a, a full play." we're finding we're, we have years to find out about your character. And, and that thought uh, we have years to find out about this character um, really, you know, struck me. It's like, Oh yeah. You know, because sometimes what you learn in one episode, you have to forget and relearn it again in another episode, because that's the way sitcoms are told, uh, you know, through, you know, somebody um, overcoming their mistakes over and over and over again, sometimes. But, um, I, I did, I would, I would watch what I was doing and I would uh, try and pair back and pair back and, and find, uh, find that, that sweet spot between theater and TV, uh, because we did have a live audience and uh, it was wonderful to work in that environment with a live audience, giving you immediate feedback. However, I, you know, I watched scenes that we did without an audience and, and basically they looked the same. I just felt better with an audience response. And that makes sense because you have that theater background where you get that the theater or the uh, audience immediate reaction, whether you're going good, bad, indifferent. And I know I'm jumping around here and I know you're not the first person to have had this issue. But when you joined SAG, that they told you you couldn't use your real last name of Wilson because there was another Richard Wilson. So how did that what's that story and how did that work for you? Um, I'll tell you, uh, oddly enough, I, Karn is my middle name. Yes. My dad's mom's maiden name. It was my dad's middle name. It's now Cooper's middle name, Cooper Karn Wilson. But, um, I kind of used it in school, in, in college. I, I, on my, on, not on my resumes, but in playbills, I was Richard Karn, uh, you know, just, I thought that, that just sounds cool. You know, I like the sound of that. So when I did join, it was like my first year in New York, I had to join the union. I asked about Wilson, a Richard Wilson, and they go, well, there's already a Richard Wilson. So, um, and I go, well, is there a Richard Carr? And they go, no, you can use Richard Carr. There's nobody like that. So, uh, and I finally saw Richard Wilson in something a few years back. He was in uh, Merlin. Do you remember that show Merlin? Yeah. Yeah, he played the old uh, magician, the one that kind of... Um, mentored him now did you ever get a chance to meet him uh in all your travels no no i never did english actor 
So, you know, I'm, I'm, I think the majority of his work was over in England. Okay. Yeah. Cause when I saw that story, I found it interesting because uh, I believe it's Michael Keaton that had a similar issue. Yeah, and Michael J. Fox. That one I didn't know. Michael J. Fox had that yeah. issue. That's why he's got the J in there. Mm, interesting. So uh, two more questions for you, sir. First one being, I saw a story, and I can't believe I didn't see this with all the craziness of 2020, but there was actually a story that floated around saying you passed away. What happened there? And how'd you, what, where did you hear about it? Oh, my gosh. I think I heard it from somebody, um, you know, tweeting me or, or Facebooking me or something like that. It says, are you okay? Uh, you know, is everything all right? And, and I went, I think so. Why? Well, you're supposed to be dead. <laughs> and, and I, and I looked closer and it was kind of a, um, you know, the whole, uh, don't, uh, don't trust media over the last six years. Um, it was a Republican formatted, um, uh, I guess, Facebook thing that they, they threw out there because they said that I was this, I was a lifelong Republican. I was, you know, they, they, they did all these things and that nothing was true except my name. The only thing in this whole thing was my name was true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable because I just dealt with a, uh, been doing this for almost 10 years and became, have luckily been, friendly with a lot of the guests over the years and it was funny when this happened i was just at a concert two weeks ago with a previous guest and all of a sudden i get this instagram message from supposedly this musician i'm going hold on wait a second really so you're so and so right because yeah yeah i'm interacting with my fans i'm doing this i'm yeah, it was one of those bogus things i go well if that's the case why wouldn't you have texted me directly? Being you have my number and such. <laughs> sure enough, account was deleted. Done. Yeah. 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 When I called him out on it, you know. <laughs> but, it, it, and I ended up telling a guy, I text him, I go, hey, you're not going to believe this. Started laughing his ass off. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're making movies about that now. Uh, clickbait. If you watch that series, it's uh, really interesting about, you know, the motivation behind why people uh, do those kind of things. Yeah. It's scary in certain ways. He goes, well, at least they didn't get my bank account. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. But well, obviously, like I said, you got the convention coming up and such, but well, why I'm on that. Do you do a lot of these comic cons and different events? I haven't done a lot, but um, I've done maybe four or five over the last five years. Um, I did chiller about five years ago. And I've maybe done three or four since then. I did one in Wales, which was a lot of fun. That was kind of interesting. Well, speaking of Wales, did you get some golf in over there? I didn't. I, I you know, I was over there too quickly. Uh, but I've golfed England. I've golfed in England and I, I had a great time. I did a, a Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous with, with Robin Leach, where we went up to Skibo Castle <laughs> and I played uh, the Lynx course there and, and other places. So I've, I've had my time. Beautiful. Well, last question for you. What is keeping you busy besides the appearances and you've been doing the TV show in history? Um, well, I just, I, uh, 
well, you know, I, I think of myself as retired until I work. So, you know, little things come up all the time, little movies. I just did a little movie in Michigan uh, about a month ago, a little sci-fi movie. Um, I'm doing the thing with Tim. I still represent like seven or eight companies, um, you know, around the country. So I, uh, um, I'm very, you know, kind of cerebrally busy. Uh, plus, you know, I'm always working on my golf game. <laughs> well, well, you're as busy as you want to be. That's for sure. I'm as busy as I want to be. Exactly. As I'm thinking about this, because I can't believe I forgot. But do you ever see yourself get back into doing game shows like Family Feud? Oh, God, I had a great time on Family Feud. I, I, I wish I'd gotten uh, a little more time to do that. I was just cracking that nut and having a really good time. I actually did a play called Game Show which was a lot of fun, you know, on stage where we brought people up and then there was a play during the commercials of, of you know, who's sleeping with who or who wants whose job like that. And, and that was kind of interesting, but I don't know, you know, if it does come, it would have to be a really cool game because family feuds, the best of them all, because you never know what people are going to say. And that's where the, that's where the real humor comes in. Yeah. I've seen some behind the scenes clips and, you know, outtakes and stuff and it always seems like that show in particular has some of the it, best responses it does it does because uh, uh it's truthful it, it comes out of truth <laughs> oh boy especially if you ever seen them uh the ones with steve harvey yeah you know, that's i can't repeat some of the stuff even though the title of the show so <laughs> oh, i was kinder and gentler yeah <laughs> yeah you weren't a uh cutthroat comedian like he was so definitely. Well, I, didn't, I didn't feel like I wanted people to shut down you know I, if you embarrass somebody too much they won't they, they just stop functioning you know <laughs> so well obviously like we said if you happen to be in North Jersey Parsippany October 29th through the 31st stop by and see Richard and Debbie over at Chore Theater but where can people find you on social media if they want to reach out say hello um, well, I'm on Cameo. Um, I'm also, um, I guess, on Instagram at, at the the Richard Karn or the real Richard Karn. I don't know. My son set it up for me. <laughs> so I'm, I'm of that uh, generation that's still kind of, you know, a little clueless. <laughs> Cooper, help us out. Help your dad out. Remind him now. But uh, Richard, hopefully we'll see you in a couple of weeks. I'm supposed to meet up there with a, another friend at a show, so good Stop time. Hi, okay? Will do. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Take care. Hey there, Friday fans. We know how much you enjoy the movies. Enjoy grabbing your Friday merchandise and interacting with the Friday family, whether it be at conventions or during our particular watch-alongs. Well, when you're looking to get yourself masks, why not check out our friends over at Camp Blood Customs out of New York State and order your specific custom mask from any of the films. All orders 
are made specifically. Your needs and wants are. Make sure you find Camp Blood Customs on Facebook, Instagram, and all over social media and order yours today. Hey, this is Tiffany, and you're listening to Crazy Train Radio. 